What's going on and welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're going to recap NFL Week 3 Sunday <laughs> Football. And as always, go down, like, and subscribe. Comment your thoughts on the Sunday night slate. And of course, these are your hosts. I'm Paul, pick and win them, Concha. And Kev, just so you know, this ain't Dairy Queen. But damn, this was a good Sunday. <laughs> this ugly ass mother. <laughs> Hey man, you already know, man. It's your boy Kev, Water Boy Savoy, aka the Dom Pye, aka the motherfucker on your screen. How will my picks? My picks look so crazy this week right now. Like, I understand there are certain games like the Browns and the Titans. Okay, Paul's right. Their defense was die is like that for real, and the offense can just score. But then you got games like motherfucking the Saints and the Packers looking crazy. You got motherfucking so many games where I was just like, how the fuck did Kev pick them? Like, you feel me? So, I don't know, man. This was an interesting-ass motherfucking Sunday for me. And uh, if anyone don't know, like, Kev right now, if Sunday night is supposed to end how it's supposed to end, when we're not, we're right now where we're recording, we don't have the Monday night stats in front of us, so. Kevin said that six and seven, if everything ends how it's supposed to end on the on the Sunday picks, and it all started at one o'clock for you, Kev. To be honest, like one o'clock was not your friend. Not at all. Like there are a lot of teams that just didn't show up for me. Well, there's some teams I hit spot on. Like we're watching a Sunday night game as we speak, and Mother Truck. And I told you I was like, "Yo, that Steelers defense is enough. That's all they need. It's enough." Yeah, well, we'll get into that Steelers Steelers defense, um, because I I, I co-signed that. Like when TJ Watts on the field, it's just a different. It's it's a different team. It's just, it is a completely different team. Like some, you know, like one person don't make a team, but there's no chance in hell I'm betting on the Steelers if TJ Watts play. It's like betting on the Rams back in the day without um Aaron Donald. Like you just wouldn't do some shit like that. No, you just you just don't do that. It's not it's not good for your it's not a good business advice. All right? It's not good it's not good business. Like it's not. Uh but let's get into this slate. Let's start off with the one o'clock and the just start off with the wackiest game on the whole slate here. The Colts beat the Ravens in overtime twenty two to nineteen. And uh just a quick little thing, like Zach Moss went off. Like Zach Moss over a hundred yards on the ground. He has like a seventeen yard, a seventeen yard reception touchdown where it was very similar to the Tyreek Hill Tua touchdown last week, where it was just right in the fucking pocket from Gardner Minshew, and like the I said this was gonna be the Lamar Jackson takeoff game. He definitely, I mean, he had a good two rushing touchdowns, but it was like it was like everything else didn't work. Like I don't know how else to really explain. It. It's just. He he really might be the Russell Russell Westbrook of the NFL, where like he will get his stats, but what at what cost? I mean, this game was wonky. It's crazy because in the preview we talked about how crazy a division this was, and we was like, see, this game is very similar timing to the Colts to the Colts versus Chief game last year. We was like, was there some wonky shit happened, and it's just like a blim a blemish on everybody's record type shit. And this is what the, this game was. I think Gardner Mitchell came. He came. He came. He looked poised, especially in overtime. And I think this team, like, everybody had a lot of shots. Like, there were – in overtime, both of them had missed the fourth down conversion. Yeah. So, it's not like just some random shit happened. Don't get me wrong. There was definitely a motherfucking hold on the fucking – um the Ravens' fourth down um, conversion. That shit was definitely pass interference like a motherfucker. But – Refs didn't call it, so they kept it moving type shit. And I feel, I feel like they're like that the whole game because the whole game the defense is very handsy on both sides. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Both I'm defenses tripping. play like that too. They're just very physical defenses. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm not tripping either because I feel like they're consistent all game. But that shit was a blatant pass interference. But this same but some wacky ass shit have to have Justin Tucker miss the sixty. What was it? A sixty-one yarder or sixty-two? Yeah. But that a good even... a good five yards too. That shit was really short. Yeah, it doesn't even sound like something Justin Tucker would do type shit, especially since the motherfucking um. I want to say the Cardinals made a sixty yarder today. So like usually when Justin Tucker steps up to the plate like that, so this is just one of those crazy ass games where it's just like, oh wow, they really did that. And you got to shout out Michael Pittman for that crazy ass fucking catch 
So, like, they were really eating. I will give the Colts. The Colts came to show up like, yo, bro, we're still a team, even though we don't got our starting quarterback for a few I mean, Zach Moss going crazy. I know that don't help the Jonathan Taylor contract negotiations with Jim Irsay. I know Jim Irsay sitting right up there with a fucking, the like, a long ruler and, like, the footage behind them. He's just slapping the tape. Like, you see that, JT? You see that right there? And uh, there's a little fun fact. I might have to keep this nugget in uh, check for the next few years. Uh, I'm never betting against the Colts in week three ever again. Like, they beat the Ravens in overtime this week without their starting quarterback. And then last year, if people forget, they beat the Chiefs in week three at home and uh, on, like, a walk-off field goal after Chris Jones uh, fucking uh, taunting whatever the fuck they called him for when he hit Matt Ryan. But, like, we <laughs> whatever for whatever reason, the, the Colts will show up and win games. Oh, yeah, consistently week three. Well, maybe not the year before because they didn't start off over four that year. But – Week three these last two years have been insane. Yeah, so – and then uh, on to our next game, we had – and then this is one of my locks. It never was a sweat. The Cleveland Browns beat the dog shit out of the Tennessee Titans. And Bats. and when I – and the, my pregame pick, I feel like I hit the nail on the head. Of, I was like, it's not Deshaun Watson and them who are going to beat the Titans. It's going to be the defense. And, like, the defense is – I mean, at halftime, I think Derrick Henry had on any fantasy owner, he had negative points at halftime. Like, that's not the King Henry you expect. He had, like, seven carries for four yards or some shit. Like, the, Oh, wow. Yeah, the fucking Cleveland Browns definitely came in and smacked them in the mouth. And – the physicality by the Browns has showed at like they just couldn't get the run game going and you can't lean on Tannehill. So like the Browns, like I just feel like the Titans are so one dimensional this year that the Browns took advantage of that. And I hate to say it, but I don't think the Browns may still be the fourth team in this division unless the unless the Bengals continue to stink it up. But the their defense is gonna they're very similar to the Steelers of previous years, where their defense is gonna keep them in the like every fucking game imaginable. Yeah, I mean, I watched absolutely this much of this game. I was so hurt when I saw the fucking score, dog. I was like, 3-27? to 27? What? 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 A Mike Vrabel team? 3-27? to 27? Well, yeah, this Titans team does not seem like they're about to have a good season at all. They put up between Derrick Henry and Tannehill combined, like passing yards and re- rushing yards, 124 yards. Ouch. So, yeah, like that's that was the type of offensive power that they were slanging with this Sunday. Bro, the Dolphins, like third string running back, got more points than the biggest this year today. <laughs> Tell him, because I can't. I, if I if I say it, I'm just a dolphin uh, lover and all this. I'm just Bro, that shit was to push crazy. It. What they said. We can go to that game next. Like that shit was yeah, crazy. Yeah, we go from the, the, the no point having Tennessee Titans to the Dolphin breaking guys' <laughs> record seventy points on to the Broncos twenty. And some people won't notice. We could have kicked the field goal to break the record. We had the opportunity to kick the field goal in the fourth quarter to break the record, put up 73 points, hold the record. But Mike McDaniels chose to knee the ball out and end the game. And he said, we're not here to chase records. Like, if, we're, if we were going to break that record, we would have broke it. But we're not going to chase that record. And on top of it, we don't want – that's not the karma we want. We want good karma down here in South Beach. What a gangster! Coach of the year, coach, coach of the century. I don't know. I don't did know. I not pick? Did I not pick him for coach of the year? You may have picked him for coach of the year. I have, oh, I have I to go look. I have to go look back and check the tape. He was definitely in my car. He was definitely in my top three when it came to. Um, yeah, you you pick you pick two guys. You pick two guys, and he might have been him. Uh, I know you picked someone else too, but he may have been your coach of the year. Yeah, I remember he was in my top three. I was like, I ain't gonna lie to you. It might be the back. It might be the Mike McSauce season and that's what he is that's what his name is from now on mike mcsauce because he really don't play with the shits made the fact that you guys scored 70 points the fact that tua tyreek everybody ate and it was that was exactly what you said because you said yo i think our tight end is gonna eat no Jalen waddle 
I tight end. Our, all our other targets are going to eat too. So I'm making sure I bet some money on the tight end. I didn't know everybody in your starting lineup and your second your second squad. Fuck it, you could have threw your practice squad in, and they would have fucking ate. Did we did? We put Mike White in, and we just upgraded Robbie Anderson, now known as Chosen Anderson, to the fucking starting lineup because Waddle was hurt. He got elevated from practice squad to the lineup. And then first play with Mike or second play, Mike White's in 67 yard bomb to uh, a chosen Anderson touchdown on on who Patrick Sertain. Patrick oh! was lined up like they want literally the report came out before the game, like an hour before. Patrick Sertain is going to shadow Tyreek the whole game. Tyreek just fucking annihilated him for the first, like bullied him for the first quarter. No, nah, that shit is insane. I don't know. What people are supposed to do about this offense? Don't get me wrong, this big Fangio revenge game for show. Defensive, but, there was almost a defensive touchdown, but there was multiple fumble recoveries. Yeah, I don't know what to do about this team, but I knew it was bad when my mom called me. My mom called me because my mom, my mom's under the assumption that we, where there's like a different, there's a rivalry between like the Dolphins and everybody. I don't know what it is. <laughs> But my mom swears everybody has beef with the Dolphins. So when the Dolphins do crazy good, she's going to call me every time. She called, My mom called me to let me know that they dropped 70 on them fuck niggas. She thought I was like, ah, hey, don't worry, don't worry. Don't. My mom over here trying to hurry me up off the phone because she got more people to go to call and talk shit to. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> and if y'all don't know, I have a tradition where I take a shot every time we score a touchdown. And by halftime, I was fucking gonzo. And I, I wanted to give up the tradition, but I just couldn't believe what was happening. And then uh, just to put a little icing on cake, 726 yards of offense. The Insane. That's the most ever. Most ever in an NFL game. And then, the, and then to rub it into more people's faces, Sean Payne and people forget when Sean Payne was in the booth last year after he ran away from coaching the shit bed of the Saints last year, he said on air that how Tua's going to be benched probably halfway through the season for Teddy Bridgewater. And look at him now. He uh, People at halftime, I mean, that might have been the first half, may have been the best half of offense ever displayed, in my opinion. Like, my personal opinion, I think that's the best half of we had one play go for negative yardage the whole first half. And wow. it, was, it was like a negative one-yard rush. And Tua ended at half 16 of 16 for 206 yards, two touchdowns. We had 35 points at halftime. So for the wow. game to have over 150 yards at halftime, Tua over 600 yards, I mean over 200 yards, and to zero incompletions walking into half, like, Put put your hands up. I don't know, bro. Put the throw the towel in. <laughs> and then we broke them, boys. Uh, there's a video that's circulating of the uh, Broncos lineman who's in tears post game talking about he's been there for seven years and all the Broncos ever done for those seven years is lose and he's tired of it. We broke him. Damn, that's crazy. Especially coming off a team that won the Super Bowl like what 2016. So what was that about? Eight years ago? Yeah, just about. We broke them, boys. Yeah, them boys in tears leaving South Beach. <laughs> uh, but I can't tout on the Dolphins for too much longer. We got to move on to the next game. This was an ugly game, but you should have known by the weather and the teams going into it. But another game where my best bet cashed. The Patriots beat the Jets 15-10. to 10. Uh it was it was rainy. It was windy. It was real ugly and wet out there. So no surprise the offense didn't get cooking. But the Patriot and Bill Belichick is on Zach Wilson. And honestly, the Jets does look absolutely terrible right now with Zach Wilson in. Like it's just if they really are going all in, they better get the they better pick up the phone and start calling some other teams right now. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. We we called it. We definitely said Zach Wilson is owned by Bill Belichick. But we, I just didn't expect because it just looked bad all about Garrett Wilson didn't eat Michael Carter them for having this. They're having a slight disagreement on the sidelines, like slight. Yeah, slight. He was in the coach's face screaming at him. Just a slight. Just a slight. Just a slight. Just a slight. This um, a discussion of words. A discussion of words. 
that was just slightly made. That might have got um a tad bit aggressive. <laughs> aggressive. But um, and then you also got to remember Dalvin Cook did not look good at all last time he was on the field. So it's just like, fuck, this team had Aaron Rodgers. I think that was kind of their guiding light and everything. And now they just have nothing in a defense. I think I saw a stat. I could be wrong, but I'm 99% sure that the Dolphins today, with their 726 yards of offense, has more yards on offense than the Jets have total for their season on offense. They scored. They've scored on more points today. The um, the 70 points they scored. They scored more points than the Broncos scored all season because yeah. Broncos only had 69. If you include the 20 points they got today. Oh yeah, but uh, I mean. Bill Belichick extends his win record to 15 straight over the Jets. Crazy. He just owns the Jets, and he just owns Zach Wilson. Mac Jones didn't have a great game. And honestly, Zeke, it was all the running backs, but Zeke showed life. Like, he had, like, 90 yards on, like, 18 carries. But, I like, maybe fat boy Zeke actually got a little bit left in his gas tank. <laughs> Then we had the Bills as absolutely boat race to Commanders, 37-3. to A lot of people thought this game would be close. I thought it would be somewhat close. I'm so happy I didn't include them into my best bet at the plus six on the Commanders side. But I'm, I'm so happy to sit here and be able to tout and look America in their face and be like, I told you Sam Howell is a fucking bum. Like seven inter—I mean, four interceptions on the day. Like a fucking bum. And then, like Brian Robinson was cutting up, getting them into the goal line. Brian Robinson looked like a grown fucking man when he touched the ball. And then Sam Howell throwing interception to Mika Hyde multiple times. It was just like, oh, that's a Sam Howell I know and love. So I look at it like we didn't expect this Commanders team to get the dub, but we did stay. What what if what if the enemy like all that experience he has playing against the uh, Chiefs played against the Bills from the Chiefs like what if? he might have something dialed up for the guys. What we if? did say that we did say that we can't we can't make it seem like we picked them but we did say that <laughs> we hyped them up we gave them a little boost we got you know we we complimented their new fit on the first day of school. <laughs> And then now we're on to the second week of school and they weren't the same fit. It's like, bro, we can't keep complimenting that bogus-ass fit. We gave you a pity compliment the first week. Change it <laughs> up. Change it up because Sam Howell's not it. Yeah, that was not it. Four interceptions is crazy. I got I can't wait to watch the highlights of this game because there's a whole bunch. I bet you there's a whole bunch. But this Bills team is just like showing that like they're going to just keep blowing out teams that aren't supposed to be with theirs. And I will say Sam Howell, that motherfucker think he's faster than he is. There was multiple times his ass was breaking out of pocket, thinking he about to go somewhere, and then get coughing behind and be a sack for like two yards. <laughs> like he, <laughs> multiple times he thought he was like he thought he was Lamar, and then someone come from behind and grab his stupid ass for a sack. Yeah, he was thinking yeah. he was Lamar. They was reminding him he was Big Ben. Yeah, they reminded him, but you Big Ben in Washington, buddy. <laughs> Hey, fun, Big Ben and Josh Allen ran the same 40 coming out of college. A little fun fact. That's actually That actually makes sense, too. Then we had – Kev, I'm sorry, boy, but I was on the right side. You was on the wrong side. The Lions beat the Falcons 20-6. to six. Uh, the uh, I said if it, if it was going to be a battle of offenses, I would like Jared Goff in them. But it looked like only one offense really came to show, Kev. No, I don't think it's one offense came to show. I think it's one offense – that didn't have to deal with the fucking D-line that the Lions came with today. Like, Falcons fans are hot. The boys is not. They're saying the O-line had the biggest fall off they've seen in years. Like, like the Falcons fans are hot. They was coming for Ridley. I will say, they was coming for his head. Like, the defensive line, they were not. Yeah. Every play, he was definitely, like, ducking, dodging, and diving. Brett got sacked on back-to-back plays, and I, you the niggas got niggas was livid, Powell. I mean, upset. Falcons Twitter, like the boys, is mad right now, and it's like because we, I, I don't know about them, but I knew we was gonna have a slower team. So if we did go against a team that had that um that had that that had a strong defense, especially a D line. Like it's not gonna be the same as when we play the Packers. And we can go for these fourth down. We can convert on these fourth downs. 
we're kind of just rushing. We're um getting quick scrambles and rushing our way to the um down the field, having these long ass tires, tiresome drives. There's gonna be a lot of defenses that weren't that weren't down for that, and the motherfucking lines is one of them. So this was like it wasn't a bad game in my opinion, but I offense looked slow like as fuck, and we couldn't do nothing about them except score two field goals. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure one of the field goals wasn't a setup by the Jesse Bates interception. Like Jesse Bates has so. been like one of one of the best for defensive purposes, one of the best off season pickups. Yep. What if you yep. three weeks into it and he's already has four turnovers on the season, force like forced fumbles and interceptions. Hey man, all pro. Yeah, Jesse Bates is definitely looking like the price tag that y'all gave him. But I still like my whole take was I love this Falcons offense, but I just don't know how much I really trust them. And this was one of those games where I was hoping – I was hoping to be wrong. I really was. I was hoping to see the Falcons come out there and run it up on them, Bijan have a day, and sit here and be like, damn, Kev, you was right. The Falcons is that team. Because now I'm a little worried that, like, depending on how Monday night goes, the Bucks may be the best team in this fucking division. And I, I, I would hate I would hate to be up be up in here saying that under come come Monday. Nah, you felt the need to say that, nigga. But um I mean that's that's I mean if they were to beat the Eagles, they could say that. But like, it's highly doubtful. Highly, yeah, highly, highly doubtful. doubtful. Highly doubtful. And then let's jump into the next divisional game where one team had it all – not divisional game, but another team in your division. The Saints had it all in their hands. They was up 17-0, and then Derek Carr goes down. He doesn't return. And the and the Green Bay Packers come all the way back to win the game 18-17. to And if you all weren't here for my best bet, it was the Saints plus one and a half. And <laughs> that, they, that half. Thank God for that one and a half because, boy, was I sitting there like, this is why you get the picks early because when the bet on game day, when the ball kicked off, the line was set at one plus one. And if you weren't an, if you weren't a sharp man like myself that got it at one and a half, you definitely beating yourself up right now. No, that shit is crazy. But I'm just mad that I let you fucking – Bamboozle me, bamboozle. I knew, me. I knew you were gonna say that bullshit. I knew you. Would. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a picky these eights, knowing that they didn't have a chance against the Packers after we played the Packers and had to fight back. I knew, I knew the resilience that was in Green Bay. I knew it. I knew fourth this. quarter, all their points came in the fourth quarter. Green Bay. I, I, I knew they had it in them. I knew. I knew Marshawn Lattimore wasn't shit. <laughs> I knew this defense was going to let it slip. <laughs> hey. But, no, nah, this is crazy. First off, Derek Carr is my other fantasy quarterback. So, I have Joe Burrow, who's questionable, and Derek Carr is probably going to be out next week. So, it's, like, interesting to see how this shit's going to maneuver. Jamal Williams is on the IR. Like, what the fuck? The Saints team tried to make something shake with Michael Thomas in the fourth. But, like, they just didn't have shit. Like, what the fuck happened? I will say the Saints' defense, the defense did all they could because there was Jordan Love threw an interception. Everybody go cast. I mean, all three of my end-of-time interception props hit. Jordan Love, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen. And, like, Jordan Love shit cast. But Jordan Love had a few passes, especially in the second half, which probably should have been interceptions also before that one because he was trying to force some shit. So the defense was really playing great. It was up until the Derek Carr injury, then Winston comes in, and there was a couple short, like, they weren't able to keep drives going. And they kept giving the ball back to the Packers. And, you know, you see, you can watch it at home live. Like, okay, they kicked the field goal. Cool. It's still a 15-point game. A little, like, a little short possession, they punt the ball to the Packers. Okay, well, the Packers haven't done shit all offense. Bam, Jordan Love, touchdown, go for two, and they get it. Hold the fuck up. Hold on. Now we need Jameis Winston to, like, kill the clock. Now we need Winston to go make a long drive. And then all of a sudden, another punt, and you're sitting there at home like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. But this is not – Yeah, but bro. And then Jordan Love, <laughs> Jordan Love did his thing. And I, I want to keep hating on Jordan Love because, like, statistically and, like, there was, like, three-fourths of the game he looked ass. 
But then, goddamn, that one quarter he cooked it up and he had something special. Um, what if he had scored three touchdowns in the fourth? <laughs> he almost did, bro. He almost did. And then, um, shout out Rashid Shahid, however you say his name on the Saints, the the speedster. I mean, he's been killing it at wide receiver. He's kind of like the unsung third third guy behind MT and Olave, definitely the speedster on the team. But then he has the punt return touchdown for like 80 yards, which is like the offense didn't do much, but that punt return and then like the interception, like their their special teams and defense was cooking. And uh, Derek Carr, I know he's hurt, so hopefully he gets better. But I, I'm not going to – just because he's hurt ain't going to stop me from saying this. Like, they, the homie's allergic to the red zone. He – Damn. He can come in, he'll get your team into the red zone, but then as soon as they get into the red zone, it I don't know what he just he stares down one guy, throws a fade route whenever it's a like he he doesn't progress through anything. He'll he'll stare down a lobby on a fade route, throw the fade route, incomplete pass. Next play, another incomplete pass. Next play, another and also oh we're kicking the field goal. Like I like I said it last week, and I'm, I'm gonna keep saying it until they do it. But like Derek Carr should be the starter up until the red zone. They put Taysom Hill ass in because then Taysom Hill gets it, and they be running running for six seven yards every damn play, and it can't be stopped. So, but Derek Carr hopefully he gets better. The Saints defense kind of reminds me of the Browns defense. They might be the NFC version of the Browns, where the offense probably isn't ever gonna click for real. But that defense is gonna keep them into every game. Then, was this 1 o'clock? Yeah, another 1 o'clock game. This one was a boat race. The Texans just beat the shit out of the Jaguars, 37-17. to C.J. Stroud, the defense, um, honestly, just really took the, like, took the life out of the Jaguars and just kept setting up C.J. Stroud in this offense. But the real story is Tank Dell. Tank Dell – Back-to-back weeks, weeks uh, since starting on the Texans' uh, receiving core. He was a, he's a rookie. Puts up this week five catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Last week he had like nine catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. The C.J. Stroud, the Tank Dell, rookie-to-rookie can, that connection might be a real deal. Like any fantasy person out there, go pick up Tank Dell if he's still on your waivers. Let me check. Let me check. Let me check. I might need him. Yeah, Tank Dell, like 68-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter that really just took the life out of them boys. But Trevor, like, it was halftime, 17-0. Trevor Lawrence and them boys are down. And I just feel like their offense never got it back together. And the, the Texans just, just kept it going. Dang, somebody already picked them up. Oh, yeah, for second week, he had 21 points. Third week, he had 32. Yeah, like the rookie, the rookie connection is the and if you were like 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 I remember hearing in training camps uh, when they were talking about this guy Tank Dell and out of the fourth or fifth round may be the best receiver on the team, and I didn't believe it because I didn't believe in the Texans. But like here I am in week three and I'm like, yeah, Tank Dell might be a legit wide receiver, must start potential on like fantasy formats. Dang, and he's sitting on somebody's bench right now. Tragic. Yeah. And then uh I mean the kicker how I many the kicker had like three kicks, but then even they even scored a fucking kickoff return that they fumbled. Like the Texans pulled the kickoff return, the fullback picks it up and takes it for like an eighty yard touchdown. Like the Texans really just were rolling. Like this was their game. Yeah, they fucked them all the way up. If, if it wasn't for the Dolphins, the Texans probably would have had the best performance of the week. Nah, nah, nah. We got the Chiefs. Oh, we do got yeah, we got we hit on that a little bit. But then we had the back-and-forth blockbuster much-watched game of the weekend. Chargers versus Vikings, 28-24. to Chargers win. And if y'all, like, yes, it was an offensive back-and-forth, but the Chargers defense made two big stands, back-to-back big stands to force this game in the Chargers' favor because the Vikings definitely were in on the goal line back-to-back times and – to charge defense and allow that shit to happen. No, that's fact. The worst one was when um they had Jay Jettas one on one. They they called um they called the motion had him boys all the way over there and then he didn't get his feet set so it was an illegal um shift anyways. But they still got to stop one on one so all they had to do was decline a penalty. All they had to do one on one with the best receiver in the league. 
And then when they tried to force it again and got the interception, I was like, oh, this Chargers defense is – and it's crazy because my my pre, my preview pick said, like, yo, I trust the Chargers. I trust the Vikings in one-score in one games more than I trust the Chargers. I just didn't know that the Chargers had Keenan Allen. They were going to get 18. This motherfucker was going to get 18 receptions by his damn self, and they made something shake. For 215 yards, and he threw a touchdown for 49 yards. Like that, one of the best wide receiver days, I think, ever uh, with Keenan Allen this weekend. 18 catches, 215 yards, and a thrown for 49 yard touchdown. That, that's kind of crazy. That's pretty gangster. That's like that CMC, like three um three touchdowns in like three different ways type shit. But yeah. the greatest wide receiver stat line ever was three plays, three touchdowns. 200 yards, so I'm like 100-something yards by Randy Moss on Thanksgiving. His rookie year against the Cowboys who passed up on him. Yeah, you can't beat that three plays. And fun fact, years later, years later, Jerry Jones reached out to Randy Moss and personally apologized to him for passing up on him in a draft. Yeah, they look crazy as fuck. Well, everyone passed out. Homie went in like the second round, but it was because it was more because of offense, uh, off field issues. Uh, that's also why he went to uh, a very small D two school instead of a D one school. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I want I had to say this because this was my whole feeling. I, no matter how I walked out of this game, it was going to be one or the other, and it has to be the Vikings, Kirk Cousins. This is the best quarterback play ever. For an 0-3 team, in my opinion. Kirk yeah. is sitting at 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. Every game, he's averaging 350 passing yards per game. Like 350, 360, three, and then like 380. Like the QB1, QB4, QB8 on uh, fantasy rankings. No, like 2 interceptions so far total on like all his touchdowns. Like he's playing his fucking ass off. And they're 0 and 3. And people are saying, like, maybe the Vikings, he's on one year left with the Vikings. Vikings don't do good this year. They're, they're going to have to restart anyway. And then the Jets, the Jets need a quarterback. They're here to play right now. And a lot of people are saying, like, that might be the, that the Jets should be reaching out to Minnesota and do anything they could possibly do to maybe get the, to get Kirk Cousins. Facts. Because Kirk Cousins and Garrett Wilson would be crazy. Yeah, like that. Like, yes, it's only one year until Aaron Rodgers come back, but he only has one year on his deal. Like, you need to go get somebody who can you can win with right now. And like Kirk, Kirk is on pace to put up. Like, I mean, we we always talk about the two was on pace to do this and Tyreek's on pace, but Kirk's on pace to legitimate those six thousand yards. And if the defense continues to play the way they're playing, he might actually throw six thousand yards in the season. I fucking believe it, especially the way Jay Jettis is actually just being looking like a monster. But yeah. they just got to figure out a way to win. The defense has to stop giving up points. And, like, they do have to convert on these, like, fourth and goals and these, like, these fourth these fourth down, these fourth quarter red zone on the temps. They got to figure out how to convert in these. Because if they had just converted one, they would have won this game. Yeah, and last year they were 11-0 in one-possession games. They start off this season 0-3 in one-possession games, even though they have the lead leader in passing yards in Kirk Cousins, the lead leader in receiving yards in Justin Jefferson, and the league leader in sacks in, Del- in Danielle Hunter. Wow, I didn't even know the sacks part. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it, it, it's a little rough. I mean, honestly, one of the – Part this is the best zero and three team I think we've seen since we started covering the the on football on this podcast. Then we got now we're moving into the four o'clock games. A lot of big spreads. Some of them covered. Some of them didn't. Start off with one of my best bets that missed. Seahawks beat the Panthers thirty-seven to twenty-seven. This was a very close game. The, yeah, they won by ten points, but that was more of like the fourth quarter and and shit but like halftime it was 13 to 12 carolina's winning and andy dalton's looking good miles sanders looking the defense is looking great they get an interception on geno smith uh the red rifles doing his thing i mean he ended the game with like 350 yards and a couple touchdowns uh adam thielen had himself a day over 100 yards receiving like 10 catches in a touchdown so he had something but 
it just wasn't enough. Geno Smith and them boys just I, – I just think out offense them. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the best, the best term for it. I think this team, this Panthers team started off strong. They started off hot. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton was um looking decent. Like, and you seen they made Thielen look great. He almost scored that touchdown. Um, he almost scored a touchdown when he got that um a reception at the one, and they barely stopped him. And then they ended up, I think they ended up pushing it in with Miles Sanders. Yeah, they but, did. But this defense, this offense looked great to start the game, and it just wasn't close afterwards. Yeah, and I was shocked that I was shocked that they put up thirty-seven on the Panthers' defense, but they did. And I will say, this is when people are going to say, "Oh, it's the talent around Bryce Young. It's this and that." Well, Andy Dalton just went in, and they by far looked like a way better offense. The one thing I think that really hold the Panthers and like cost them their chance of winning this game, they had fourteen penalties, and uh, I want to yeah. say about more than half were false starts. There Facts. was multiple third down. There was one time where it was like second and three. Then they get double false starts and an incompletion, and now you went from second and three to like third and eighteen out of field goal range. And I'm just saying they're like, that's going to cost you the game. Y'all went from field goal range, easy conversion, keep the ball, keep the drive going, score some points, to now you're outside of field goal range and y'all y'all, y'all just fucked up. Like, that was that that was the game to me, just watching that happen multiple times. See, see, here's the thing, right, and it's not me being, you know, a Falcons fan, but I'm just saying, maybe the Panthers couldn't handle that pressure from the 12th man. Maybe – Maybe the 12th man caused those false starts. They definitely did. There was definitely Pete Carroll definitely was hyping up the crowd. Every time, every false start, you would see Pete Carroll turn around, look at the crowd, and, like, give him, like, yeah. like, like Get loud. And then there was one catch where DJ Chark made a catch, and it was very close. It was, like, of like real time, a very close catch. You're not sure if he made it or not. And then they do the replay, and it's a clear cut. Yeah, he caught that bitch. But then all of a sudden, after you see the, the slow-mo replay, it goes to Pete Carroll on the sideline, and he has the red flag in his hand. But I'm pretty sure he just saw the same replay we did where you could tell it was definitely a catch uh, for the Florida Panthers. And Pete Carroll goes like, one, two, and bring that bitch back. Like, he did a little pump fake with the red flag. And, I was, <laughs> and then, like, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's funny as fuck for that. Pete Carroll's the, Pete Carroll's the GOAT. Fun fact about Pete Carroll. I was going to save this for the Monday episode, right? I didn't know how deep him and Jim Harbaugh's um, beef was. So Jim Harbaugh, their beef stands all the way out to when Jim Harbaugh was a quarterback for the Bears and motherfucking Pete Carroll was an offensive coordinator and Jim Harbaugh had a fourth-quarter comeback on the ass. And then it goes to when they were at Stanford and Jim Harbaugh was in Michigan. And then motherfucking, and then it goes from when Pete Carroll left, um, not Stanford, wherever Pete Carroll, no, Jim Harbaugh was at Stanford, yeah. and they just had Richard Sherman, and Richard Sherman was a wide receiver at the time, and he's, and because of Jim Harbaugh is one of the reasons why Richard Sherman switched the corner. So motherfucking, they get to, um, they get to the league, and Pete Carroll's a Seahawks coach, and Jim, Jim Harbaugh's like, yeah, I'm going to the 49ers, even though the Dolphins fucking offered him the fucking and kit the whole kitchen, the whole kitchen and the he fridge. Did. So motherfucking, but you're like, nah, I'm going to the 49ers because I can play Pete um Pete Carroll twice. And then it comes all full circle to when they were playing in the um in the NFC championship and Richard Sherman gets that stop on Crabtree. And then ass receiver. But here's the thing about that shit, right, Paul? He wasn't talking to Crabtree. That had that's what that's when it just hit me, like watching this because I was watching that secret base shit. He wasn't talking to Crabtree. He was talking to Jim Harbaugh. He was like, that's what happens when you try to meet a sorry-ass receiver like Crabtree. And I was like, he was talking about he was talking about Crabtree to Jim Harbaugh. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. And, and Pete just, loves loved Richard Sherman, loved Cam Chan. He loved the Legion of Boom, and that's why him and Russ had a fallout because the GM gave Russ the contract and not the Legion of Boom a contract. And – you know, shit happened. Bro, this shit gets deep, kid. I was like, I was watching that shit. I was like, that's insane. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, that was one of my best bets. We couldn't cover. Then we move on to the next game. And this is the biggest dog of the week. 
to get the win. The Cardinals beat the Cowboys 28-16. to And it was close going into the fourth – like, the fourth quarter, I was sitting there like, okay, like, this is when the Cardinals have shown to boof it. Like, they have been winning all their games up until this fourth quarter bullshit. But then the Dakota Prescott throws himself a nice, juicy interception down the middle to the tight end that ended up getting intercepted in the red zone. That basically sealed the game for me, in my opinion. And, like, it just it just proved that, like, you can change everything. You, you can try to overhaul the offense. You can try to do all this and that. But at the end of the day, like, Kev, you like to say, it's, I'm going to call a spade a spade. And Dak Prescott is the spade. Like, he's, like whenever the, the pressure's on him for him to come up and do some big-time quarterback shit to rally the troops, he just sometimes got that interception in him. He just sometimes got that. I'm uh, sometimes I play for another team syndrome. Sometimes I play for the other team syndrome is crazy. Sometimes, but him and Josh Allen, where he just, you know, like when Stink Meter took over, what's his name's body? He's just, like sometimes that <laughs> that should be happening in the huddle, bro. That's that's the only thing I can explain it with. Oh my god. <laughs> Paul, you might be the funniest thing of all time. He's like, I'm an Arizona. Jonathan Gannon is my coach. Oh, my gosh. That was – I appreciate you, Paul. That was probably the funniest take I've heard in my life. First off, I didn't know who the fuck you were talking about at first when you said Dakota Prescott. I was looking up and watching like, the Dolphins highlights. On um, I'm watching the Dolphins highlights up on the screen. I was Dakota. Who the fuck is that guy? He sounds sorry as fuck. That's his real <laughs> name, bro. There's a uh, there's a reason why he 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 don't go by his real name. No, I can respect that. I mean, I just think I look the dumbest out of everybody because I was the one screaming, "Yeah, man, these Cowboys." When there's a team that's not supposed to be in the in the game with them, they gonna show their ass. I'm I'm just trying to find that team because it's definitely not the Cardinals I was fucking talking about. Josh Dotson. Or what's the quarterback's name? Joshua Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs. That boy motherfucker starts off the game with, like, what, a 40-yard 40, 40 run? to set the on the ass. And yeah, and then he let us know, like, oh, this is the game we're playing. Hollywood Brown looks good. Motherfucking. They had the meeting. James Connor. Facts. Like, this team looked, came in ready to play. And this defense over here getting turnovers. Like, we was rapping about there's a fire sale in Arizona right now. But what, all I'm seeing is that this team looks better without Kyler Murray. That it, people are pointing out. Joshua Dobbs and this Falcons and this Cardinals team that, like we said, fire sale, worst team in the league, number one pick for sure. Their offense way more production than the Zach Wilson and Jets. Just way more production. Like you cannot like you can try not to play Zach Wilson and then you go see what Joshua Dobbs is doing over there in Arizona. Oh, I Paul, we lied. The the seven hundred and twenty-six total yards is second in NFL history to seven hundred and thirty-five by the nineteen fifty-one Rams. So the, anything prior to nineteen seventies pre-merger. Oh, okay. That's why when you hear the Super Bowl era, when they talk about stats and stuff, it's because prior to 1970 was the AFL and NFL were two separate bodies. Okay, okay, okay. Never mind. I got the record. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this is it. Now, someone had put me on to that. And that makes sense. But then sometimes, you know, they'll still pull up like, oh, they didn't have more. But we were up there. The only team that had more yards than us, I think, was that 1950 uh, team. I think it was the Bears, right? Yeah, it was the Rams. Oh, the Rams? You know, you know who who they did that against? Who the fucking Yankees? <laughs> and there ain't no fucking Yankees in the NFL anymore. Like, so, like when he start pulling up some of them old stats, it's like, for what though? I want to see them nineteen fifties lined up against two of them boys right now. Facts. I want to see how that get. I want to see what the record looking yeah, yeah. like. Let me see what's up. I want you to see somebody guard Tyreek Hill. I dare them. I dare yeah, I wanna, them. I want to see this. I want to see the lineup. Right? I really believe that that was probably like a NFL team versus like a bunch of carpenters. Like, hey, bro, shit gets crazy. Bro, really go back and do your research sometimes. Cause like back in like 1904, 1910, like when like football was just like fresh, there's a game where like the highest differential ever was like 200 to zero. 
And like one of, and like the team that they played against was literally it was like Georgia Tech versus Alabama, and Georgia Tech was a fucking powerhouse. And like Alabama, like they signed the game in the off season, and then when the season came around, they didn't have enough players to play. And Georgia Tech was like, nah, y'all signed the contract. <laughs> like we gonna, <laughs> and, and like they got they got this fucking fucking twelve random bro, and that shit was a blowout. Like, I'm telling you, like it gets real dirty back, and you go back way back in the day to see those games, right? And the shit fucks you up because I can just imagine niggas with no pads, no no face masks, like nah, y'all saw it this shit. Yeah, and, and and they running like the wing tip offense, bro. They got like four running backs behind them, and that's the offense that's putting up 500 yards on their ass. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, that game, I think I'll pull up, I'll send you the link to it, but it was like they had 10 total plays of offense and nine of them were turnovers. And like one play went for positive yards and they celebrated. Like it's some crazy shit, but but we got to keep it moving. We got to keep it moving. (laughs) Next game on the slate, this one's going to be a quick one. The Chiefs has absolutely beat the shit out of the Bears 41 to 10. I was on here rapping about this is going to be the day. Let him play ball. Let him play ball. But Justin Fields fucking sucks. <laughs> this is that that's enough. That's enough ball I needed to see. But I blame the Dolphins for the Chiefs coming out again at 34 to 0 lead on their ass. And the, the fact that it was like, oh, they dropped 70 points. I right, bet I got some for that. <laughs> this ain't our fault. The the reason why this happened the way it happened was because Taylor Swift was in attendance, who is freshly dating Travis Kelsey. And at one point, she's seen when they score, she's saying, let's fucking go. Like, that's the, that's the, just, you know, like when Jordan Poole has the bad bitches at courtside, that was like the Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes. And Pat Mahomes even came out and said, because he threw a touchdown in the fourth quarter to Kelsey when they're already up. He said, yeah, I felt some pressure. Like, Travis Kelsey, he said, Taylor Swift was in the stands. I had felt some pressure to get Kelsey into the end zone. Like, I had to. So. Uh, that's funny as fuck. I hate the NFL. They tweeted out she she's in her red era. <laughs> hey, and uh, shout out Donna Kelsey. She they said two sons probably both going into the Hall of Fame, both arguably the best to play their position of all time. And her daughter in law is gonna be Taylor Swift. She is living the dream of like all American motherhood right now. Nah, dead fucking ass. 12 times Grammy Award with it. And you know what's even crazier? I see the NFL memes. It was like, they they showed uh, Taylor Swift in the booth, and it was like, the Chiefs are scoring sixes on and off the field. <laughs> Damn, no. <laughs> See, I don't even want to repeat what Alex said. Alex said some foul shit, right? I do not go <laughs> what Alex was saying in the group chat about the Kelsey and Swifty relationship. I'm crying. I bet it was. I bet it was a disrespectful last week. It was very. It was very disrespectful. <laughs> but I mean, uh, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde's edwards alaire I mean, three running backs scored for him, and it's very similar to the Dolphins. So, like, I do think you're kind of right on that. Where like they're like, fuck, the Dolphins had two running backs go for, like, both running backs combined for, like, 400 yards and seven touchdowns. I mean, let's get all three of our guys into the end zone today. Nah, dead ass. And then, uh, every... here it is. I know, before, I... You, before you say it, I just want to say, bro, Fields ended the game with 99 passing yards. Abysmal. 99 passing yards. Abysmal. They let that boy eat. And I, the thing that frustrates me the most is I keep seeing people tweeting about it's time to trade Fields. We're wasting his talent. We're wasting this and that. But, yes, he had a 1,000 yards rushing last year. First quarterback in history. It was fucking great. It was The highlights were amazing when they were losing by 30 points and he ran for 80-yard touchdown. They were cool as fuck. <laughs> but his over-under for, like, every game, passing was set at 150 160 yards like we're seeing wide receivers in today's game go over that mark like jay jenna's and tyree kill are averaging over 110 yards per game receiving and justin fields ain't even averaging that throwing but yeah 
Let's it's it's not his fault. Yeah, like this man can't read defenses. Yeah, but it's not his fault. Oh, but he he can run fast and throw far. But that doesn't mean he's gonna be a fucking all time great quarterback. It is not his fault. This man is not like he's Zach Wilson with a cannon and wheels. That's all. That's my. That's all he is to me. And don't forget, Michael Parsons busts his ass in a uh, combine when it comes to at the forty times. Yeah, he did. Michael Parsons beat. Hey, I thank you for bringing up Michael Parsons. Forgot to bring this up, bro. Multiple times against the Cardinals, bro. They would do this thing before the ball would hike. Like you're watching from the little side view, like normal NFL game, defensive line, offensive line, quarterback over here, all that shit. And you would have like Parsons on the end, and they would do this little highlight over him. Like you would see this little gold thing over him before every hike, so you knew where Parsons was. Every god time, every goddamn time they hiked the ball, Parsons was rushed. Single coverage, lineman blocking his ass. He ain't go nowhere. It wasn't no double team or nothing. One on one block, Joshua Dobbs cutting up. And I'm just oh. saying, like, bro, every time y'all highlight him, he ain't doing a goddamn thing. Like this is. <laughs> Like y'all should stop highlighting him because I'm watching him now, and he number eleven is getting fucking pushed into the dirt. He ain't doing nothing. You know what's crazy? I thought you, I thought you were gonna say that, bro. Like, cause that's I remember that I remember seeing that happen. I was like, nah, that's not what you got to say. You got to say that every time they highlighted that, he ate, and I just happened to be the hated. <laughs> no, but he definitely. This was not the like. I'm I'm not saying because like Nick Bosa got his first sack last week, and we still consider him one of the best. of defensive ends on the planet like it, I'm not saying that you can have off games but like it just didn't look good that you're going up against this team that everyone thought had a fire sale and this like right tackle that no one could even name is out here blocking you on a one-on-one every play yeah that uh but then we gotta wrap it up kev sunday night football it wrapped up pretty shortly behind us we had to, our, your dog Steelers. Getting the dub 23 to 18 over the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. And even though Devontae Adams had himself a day, Jimmy G shit the bed. I mean, he threw three interceptions. He like there was two interceptions where it was just right to the defender. Like he threw one little like overthrow that went straight to the safety, another pass that went straight to the safety. And the Steelers defense just continues to like they're definitely the best unit on the field when they play. I think we called. I think we called this game. I think um we called this game very well when we said um Devontae Adams is probably gonna do something special. And this Steelers defense was enough. I feel like those are two hard takes that we had. And that's exactly what the fuck happened. I think George Pickens George um George Pickens like set up the um the first touchdown. But besides for that, I think this defense really put them in position to win this entire game. And they just continue to, like, move on top of that with momentum. And I'm just looking, like, I keep saying this, and I'm just going to keep talking shit, bro. I, I am. I'm just going to keep talking my shit. Those running backs who are in that fucking Zoom call, Austin Eckler, he's been out. Shaquan Barkley, he's been hurt. Nick Chubb, out for the season. Actually, got good news. He probably just torn an MCL. He probably won't. It won't be a career ender. So good news on Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs. Where the fuck has Josh Jacobs been? This is the number one fantasy running back last year, number one rusher last year, and he's just been non-existent. And uh, is it the Zoom call curse? The Zoom call where all, those like six or eight running backs that all got together on that call together. This is this all of a sudden ain't. There's all shit in the bed this year. Wait, Zoom call. What are you talking about? Whenever all the first – this was during pre-training camps when everyone was holding out to begin with before Shaquan got his little one-year extension, before Austin Eckler came back to the team on the franchise. Before all that started coming in and they all wanted to hold out to get what they're worth, Austin Eckler and Shaquan Barkley took it upon themselves to host a Zoom call with some of the other premier top running backs so they can all get onto the same the same mental and the same, like, mind space of, like, this is what we're going to – this is what we're worth. You know, like, this is – we're all going to be on the same page together. It's a Zoom call curse because, like, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Shaquan Barkley, like, I don't know. There's another one. I don't know. I, that might be my thing for the season. Me throwing my hands is, I don't know. 
Cause I, I don't uh, want to be a yeah. hater, but I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just looking at the numbers and looking at the producing and all that saying here. Like, if I say something, I'm a hater, but I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I gotta look more into that. I appreciate you putting me on game about that shit. But back to this game though, like the Steelers, the Steelers are just the tenure team that looks like. And the thing about it is, I feel like the offense doesn't look great, but they probably looked the most consistent out of every team in this. Well, the Browns is looking you know, pretty good, but they look the most consistent out of every team in the North right now. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, I would say right now in the, in the North, all four of them have really bad offenses right now. Yeah. Like, the Ravens got the new offensive coordinator and, like, Charles and all the Ravens fans were screaming about, oh, we got an offensive coordinator that's going to air the ball out. And like Lamar hasn't like, I had, yeah, I Kenny Pickett and them are still looking rough, and then you have the Bengals where we haven't seen him on Monday yet, but they look very rough. And the Browns, like these are all teams that their defenses are really good, but their offenses have all been struggling. And uh, one thing I will say about the Lamar one in particular is I had this take before, like as I was watching the game, Lamar Jackson. Tell me if I'm wrong, Kev. He has looked the same since we started the podcast. Like I like since we started year one on the podcast, the, my take on Lamar Jackson probably has not changed at all. Like, and this is the year he got the money, he got receivers around him, and and a new offensive coordinator is supposed to air it out. And this was supposed to be the year that like we we're supposed to like okay, Lamar is that guy, but like he still looks like the same Lamar from like two years ago that we're sitting here talking about like, yeah, he's a great athlete and yeah, he sometimes does some amazing things, but then he also does things like we saw this week. Yeah. I think, I think the difference between this, the difference between Lamar and this year versus previous years is like a lot of times we were put in a position to be like, yo, how's Lamar? Um, Yo, if they had the right talent around Lamar. We, he, he, he would be unstopped. He, his arm would be crazy. He'd be able to really showcase his arm talent. But he does it, so that's why he kind of runs and he kind of does a lot of crazy cool things. And I think there are stretches where he's just genuinely dominant and genuinely spectacular, like the first four games of last season. Like, he's just genuinely the spectacular. Price was way up first four Price Brick was up. And he's just genuinely spectacular at points in time. He can, it seems like he can always do that. But I also feel like there's sometimes just the defenses just don't don't leave that shit open for him some days. Like there's just some days that like the defense just had something for that. And it just kind of shows and then shit gets ugly. And I think that's the one of the Ravens talents that they can play they can play and win such ugly games. But at the same time, you don't want to get put in that position over and over and over again. And recently recently we've been seeing it and it's just like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like that's how I feel about – like, I can't just single out Lamar because that's how I looked at Kenny Pickett to start this season and Deshaun Watson, but that's how my take was on Watson prior season, so it don't matter. But there's still the, that division still sitting at 2-1 and one across the board, except for the Bengals who are 0-2 leading into Monday night. But still, I, even though we knew both took the Ravens, I think that mm-hmm. division is still probably the most wide-open division. Oh, by far. Like, the, the Bengals could come out and rally – the Browns' defense could really pull them together. The Steelers' defense could really pull them together. Like, there's any division where I've yet to feel like – like, the Steelers, yes, they just won back-to-back primetime games and basically on the back of their defense. But none of these teams have really pulled out to me on, like, yeah, that team's the best team in the division. Hell, yeah. And then, like, the funniest thing also, like, just to showcase another division that's probably like that also, the Colts are leading their division 2-1 right now. <laughs> nah, that division is wacky. We're not even gonna get into them right now. Yeah, everyone else is one and two except for the Colts in that two and one. I still gotta go watch what the fuck happened that Jaguar takes some game because that we're not even gonna get into that division. But yeah. bro, that sounds like the whole Sunday slate, man. That was the whole Sunday slate, and hopefully y'all followed me because it was yet again another winning week of bets. And uh, if y'all don't see them yet, the Monday night props, I already hit on them on our picks episode, but I will have the Monday night props on a graphic for y'all boys before the games kick off tomorrow. 
And fun fact, Kenny Pickett's seventy-two yard touchdown is the longest ever by a Steeler versus a versus a Raiders team. I'm mad that the NFL network took time to make that a stat. That's a crazy stat for them to pull out their ass. Oh yeah. But if you didn't know, we don't mind telling you again. This is a totally blitz podcast. We had the action. I blame the Dolphins for this episode, truthfully, because the action was so crazy. We had to talk about it Sunday night. And we wanted to make sure we got it out earlier for y'all. So that way y'all can go talk y'all shit when you get when you get to school, when you get to work, whenever, wherever you like to talk your shit at. When you get to the Monday night football vibe, whatever you gotta do. But we appreciate y'all for checking this out, man. Monday night football recap and the two and the, um Thursday um preview is gonna be coming out soon. So make sure you stay tapped in. But we ain't got no MMA this week, but we got the big boxing shit with the Charlo versus Canelo fight this week. So make sure you tapped in. And if you didn't know, we don't mind telling you one more time that this is the Totally Blitz podcast. My name is Kev Watterson. I'm in this bitch with Paul Pick of Winter Content. And we don't mind telling you, you and your whole crew that you's a bitch.